You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's the Friday Fun Show. It's crunch time right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here on a Friday afternoon. It's the 7th of October. Great high school football on tap for you tonight. We'll get to that a little later on in the program. Brian Rice of 991, the sports animal in Knoxville, Tennessee, will join us for a preview of the Vols at 430. And then, you know the drill. It's a Friday. Jake's Takes with Jake Crane of Crane & Company to kick off the 5 o'clock hour. The game hotline is 337-706-0111 if you want to get in on the action. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast at Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. My producer and co-host is Mr. James Mesh. James, what's going on, bud? Not too much. What's up with you, Matt? Oh, it's a lovely Friday. It is a lovely, lovely Friday. I am super excited for the slate of college football that we have this weekend, as well as the slate of NFL football. There's a couple good NFL games on this weekend as well. Uh, So definitely looking forward to that. Um, One NFL game that was not good was last night. The Broncos and the Colts. And you and I kind of alluded to it yesterday. We said that the game kind of lost its juice a little bit now that you know, Javante Williams and Jonathan Taylor were both out. Well, I, I didn't realize that uh, lost the juice meant completely sucked. Yeah, I didn't think it would be this bad. Completely sucked. Um, Naheem Hines had to leave the game with a concussion. Yeah, and that was early in the first quarter. I had, I had started him in multiple fantasy leagues. Which which got me thinking. And, and I want to have a conversation about this because I think it could... I haven't looked up any like research to to back this up or anything like that. This offseason, the NFL and even college football, they started wearing what is called guardian caps in practice. And it goes over the helmet and it's an extra layer of protection. It prevents head injuries. Which is great. Right? They they put out re- <clears throat> They put out research that concussions during the offseason were down. But here's my question. What about when it actually matters in the regular season, postseason? Did that make them more susceptible to getting concussions on the field? Again, I haven't seen any research that would say that. I was going to say, you're... you're But just my thought process, I mean, I don't think I'm far off. You're saying that you think because... Players weren't used to getting hit in the head because because they had so much protection during the offseason and weren't getting hit in the head as much. Now that they don't have that protection, you know, is that making them more susceptible? I think it very well could be. I I don't know. It, that that's an interesting debate to have, but another interesting statistic about the Thursday night football game last night has to do with good old Amazon. So Amazon paid $13 billion 
for the next 11 years to have the broadcasting rights to Thursday Night Football. That is roughly $1.18 billion per year. Mm -hmm. And there are 15 Thursday Night Football games per year. So if you do the math, they paid about $78 million to broadcast that train wreck last night. About $78 million. Here's the thing, though. There, there's never a lot of good when it comes to you watching Thursday Night Football in general. That's that's true. I mean, how many Thursday Night the Football Thursday games? Night Football games never go well. Like nine out of ten times, and that's being generous. Yeah, they, they it's never, usually not that hyped up of a game. Like, that, oh yeah, that Chiefs Rams game to start the season was that was something. The very first Thursday night game, Chiefs Chiefs Rams when they play, week week one, week two this year. Yeah, it was the first game on Amazon. Oh. The uh, you mean Chiefs Chargers? Chiefs Chargers, yes, that's what I meant. I'm sorry, it was an LA team. I was close. Um, I mean yeah. that was that was solid, but that's the thing is, it feels like e- either the game itself, it takes a step back, or there's an injury, and then the whole thing is deflated, and then everyone's mood is soured because you just saw a horrific head injury, yep. whether it was Tua or you see a rib injury on Justin Herbert where you're like, okay, well, this will probably affect the team itself because that is their star quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, $78 million. And then, you know, I don't know if you saw the graphic for for the game next week. The Bears and the Commanders. Yeah, because that's going to get people to watch. (laughs) Oh, that's going to be so good. That's what the people want to watch. That's primetime football, baby. Mm Mm-hmm. We love it. That's like watching, well, they've gotten a little better this year, but for for a while it's just watching the Lions on Thanksgiving. I posted on Twitter last night, and I thought I was kind of funny in doing so. Uh, I said that next Thursday night, instead of watching the Bears and Commanders, I would either be watching Grass Grow or Paint Dry because that would be more entertaining. I mean, how far off am I? Not super. Hey, thank you. My point. Not not super far off. My point. I'm I'm just go paint a wall and just watch it dry. Cause I was cause I was busy at the station and at a certain point I was like, all right, well let me try and see if there's anything going on. And every time it was, I just had to turn it off because I'm like, this just, this bad. game sucks. That was bad. Poll question of the day: What matchup are you looking forward to most this weekend? LSU versus Tennessee, the Saints versus the Seahawks. The good old Jimbo versus Nick Saban on CBS, Bama, and Texas A&M. Or is it other? So far, 78% say LSU versus Tennessee. 7% say Saints versus Seahawks. We've got two comments. John Paul says, we will get to see the level of play that LSU is really capable of. Yeah. I mean, that this is going to be that game. You're going to figure out just how good LSU is. <laughs> now... I'm not saying that a win has to do that. I'm not saying you have to win for people to say that you're good. Because Tennessee's got high expectations. Tennessee's supposed to be a damn good football team. So if you, you know, play your ass off against Tennessee and say you lose, say it's a barn burner. Say you lose 45-38. Oh, my God. Just hypothetically, say you lose 45-38. Are people really going to sit there and say, oh, LSU sucks? 
I mean, there are going to be those people just because you lose, they're going to say you suck. Because if because if you do, that's crazy. But the vast crazy. majority, if that's the case, the fact that you, I know it's it, the the Tennessee defense is not all that great, but you ha, you have had struggles. It also all depends on how does the game start for LSU. Well, of course, because that's I, really what it comes down to. Well, here's the thing. Let, let's let's be perfectly honest about something. This is year number one under Brian Kelly. Did you expect LSU to start four and one? I, I I saw it being I think three and two. I thought they would have. I thought they you thought they would have lost to Mississippi State. I would have thought they would have lost to Mississippi State, and I think I had said Auburn. Okay, yeah. Because I this was before we realized how bad Auburn was, but even then we know the rivalry. Right. We know that's always closer than we anticipate, and you saw how it was the first quarter. I certainly didn't have LSU four and one. And if they would have been four and one, their their one loss would have most definitely come against Mississippi State. I mean that game shocked the hell out of me. I think this is a great start for this LSU team. And if again, if you go get embarrassed, then people, you know, you got the right to to think some things. But if you compete with an offense like Tennessee. And say you just come up seven points short or whatever, I think that's a different story. Uh, so interested to see how that game goes at eleven o'clock. You can hear it on the game pregame at nine a.m. tomorrow. Ton also said he's looking forward to anything not horse team related. That's very fair. It's very fair. That's very fair. Man, the Colts and the Broncos. What is up? With Russ, that man is not cooking filet mignon. He's cooking pickle sandwiches. He's, I, to be honest, I mean, you saw it last year. Like I get it. There's growing pains. Well, there's growing pains, and then you also have to realize. But it sh- it shouldn't be this he's, bad. He's 33 years old. He's on the back half of his career. Yeah, but we've seen Russ isn't going to be the same dude he was five years ago. And I think that's what the Broncos expected him to be, which is why you paid him $245 million. Yeah, but you see, then, yeah, but you see a bunch of other quarterbacks where they don't really start taking a dip like that until you hit 36, 37, 38. And, and then also, let's be perfectly honest about something else. Denver's offensive line is putrid. Yeah, and it also doesn't help that they more likely not have lost their left tackle for the year. Right. They are putrid. And then they also lost Ronald Darby last night, too. I mean, I don't know the exact number off my head. I'd love to know how many times Russell Wilson's been sacked already this year. Because I bet you it is ugly. He's been sacked 16 times in five games. He's getting sacked three times a game. That's horrible. That is absolutely atrocious. Yeah, I mean, their their offensive line just sucks. Which is unfortunate because... And obviously, you know, losing Javante Williams helps you none. Uh, but Melvin Gordon... Has six 
Well, this one, that game, that one didn't count. But people, people, it almost was six fumbles. People like to write off Melvin Gordon. I, he's he's got a fumbling problem. He's he's got three fumbles on the year. He's got a fumbling problem. I get it. He's still a serviceable back. He's still a guy that can get you yards. He can get you touchdowns. But he can't do it if you don't have a if you're not opening up holes for him. And then receivers, I mean, dude, you got him. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler's supposed to be good. Not sure where he's been with only two catches on the year. Well, he was open for that for the touchdown. Wide open. Like dude. He could have just walked in. How did you miss him? How'd you miss him? He was so fixed on trying to get it to cut Cortland Sutton. And then did you see Richard Sherman post-game? Flashbacks. Oh, he was having PTSD. Run the damn ball! Yeah, he was having PTSD. Oh, man. And then, you know, Albert O. People were high on him. That was, But that was because he's been in the league. This is... This would have been his. This is either his second or third year. So it's like, okay, you think he can step up? And then you all. It was. It was a lot to do with the fact that you move on from Noah Fant. So you think you have kind of like that expectation. It's the same thing with Adam Trotman last year, but you also had that QB upgrade from Drew Locke to Russell Wilson. So you're like, okay, well, he he got he got his tight end. He got like Will Disley and others the ball a good bit in Seattle. So it's like this Albert O guy. He's a lot more athletic. You move on from Noah Fant. You could see him take a step forward. So people were buying buying high on him. Yeah, I mean, you're just you're you're gonna have to figure out the offensive line problem. I think that's the biggest issue facing the Denver Broncos right now. And that's what's so tough is finding good offensive linemen. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's the hardest job in the NFL. You you put a good line together, I mean Well that and finding the right QB prospect because well, there are so many times you miss on them. Yeah. Um so Look, it, it's early. They're they're two and three, five games in. I think they still have time to turn it around. I was gonna say Chargers, they're not great. Middle of the pack. The Raiders are terrible. Raiders have not looked good at all. And, and then, then the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs are there. I mean, and you haven't played the Chiefs yet. Like there is a chance that you could make this a lot closer and get yourself oh, close to, like. They're not going to be able to get that. They're not going to be able to win the division. But if you can keep yourself afloat, you can get a wild card spot. You can get it. You can get a absolutely. You can get a wild card for sure. Absolutely. Um, so they just got to figure out, you know, how to, how to make that offensive line a little bit better. Obviously, losing balls last night doesn't doesn't help. He's gone for the year. Um, but this is this is what's tough about the AFC is you have the Bills, someone whether it's the. Bengals or Ravens are going to win that one. Chiefs are going to win, a, win the division. So that's four right there. You're looking at Jacksonville right now winning the AFC South. Yep. Otherwise, it could be a late surge by Tennessee. Jacksonville's pretty damn good. So it's like it's going to it's going to be a fight. No, oh, no question about it. No question. And about yeah, it. and we have to see what if how Tua is looking after he comes back because I mean before he got injured, they were three and zero. Yeah. It'll be interesting. We got a stacked show for you today. The game wants you to face your worst nightmares by hooking you up with tickets to one of the top haunted attractions in the country, the 13th Gate. All you got to do is text the word GATE to 337-283-8100 to enter to win a pair of general admission passes. Once again, that's G-A-T-E 
to 337-283-8100. Get your scare on this Halloween season at the 13th Gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Also giving away a pair of VIP tickets. All you got to do to get those is to join the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you'll be entered to win that as well, courtesy of Midnight Productions and the game. We'll take a time out, and when we return here on Crunch Time, we got some audio from LSU players before their massive matchup tomorrow with the Tennessee Volunteers. We'll do that next here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Attention sports fans, your favorite sports book, BetUS.com, back for its 28th year of NFL action with the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%. BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. Also, hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest European slots, and our live dealers are waiting for you at the tables. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. Call today at 1-800-79-BET-US. That's 1-800-79-BET-US. And they will walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the, nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than BETUS. If you join now and mention KLWB, you can get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Head to BETUS.com to join today. That's BETUS. Where the game begins. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 23 after the hour here on your Friday. LSU is preparing for their massive matchup with Tennessee tomorrow in Death Valley. Media heard yesterday from Jay Ward, Malik Neighbors, and Micah Baskerville. Jay Ward said that the first half of last Saturday's game isn't the standard for LSU. Saturday, some players came in and talked to him like that's not the standard. So we came out second half and showed y'all what the standard was. Jay Ward has had an excellent season for the Tigers um, against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. He had 11 tackles, including the game-sealing interception. Had another big game against Auburn. You look at Malik Neighbors, you know, local product, excelling in purple and gold, in Baton Rouge. He was asked his thoughts on the passing game against Auburn. Um, Tennessee, they heading in the right direction with their program. They're actually doing good, got some good players. When we face them, they like they play call is different. We, none we ain't face yet, so we have to be on everything. You know, l- looking at the matchup tomorrow, LSU and Tennessee, Tennessee comes in number eight in the country, LSU sitting at 25 the downfall to Tennessee, and we're going to talk about this more with, with Brian Rice in the next segment, Tennessee's downfall is that they give up a ton of yardage through the air. And that is something that Malik Neighbors and Jaden Daniels will be able to exploit in, in this matchup because, again, you know, you look at it, Tennessee's given up almost 360 yards a game through the air. Anthony Richardson torched them for 450. 
So if Anthony Richardson can do it, I mean, I respect Anthony Richardson, but if he can do it, Jaden Daniels can do it. So definitely looking forward to seeing how that goes. Micah Baskerville was asked if it took a while to get into the flow with his first game back. Not really. It was just about, you know, waiting for whenever my time comes. You know, I, I stay ready, prepared to be ready even if I did play. So, you know, that, that was just my process. Malik Neighbors was also asked about his rapport with Jaden Daniels and how he kind of became his guy. It's been good, you know, we get throws at the practice, you know, but that's all we can do, you know, is when you go home, you just got to look at what you did this day after and then come back and just try to fix all that up. Oh, I, I didn't even know I was leading uh, at first, you know. It was just, you know, just coming into spring, you know. We got catches at the practice, you know, all the receivers, we got catches at the practice, and then I guess I just became the little, little hot hand of him just to go to. So I took that role and, you know, I'm able to keep it. James... You know, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about it in the second hour when we make our picks. Give me your thoughts on this LSU-Tennessee matchup. I think with this one, it's going to be a real test because when it comes down to it, the defense, especially the passing defense, it, it hasn't been very good for Tennessee. They, they've really struggled over the air. Then, But the, at the same time, so is LSU when it comes to just their passing game in general. They've had flashes, but overall, I mean, you saw it against Auburn. This this team really struggled. It also comes down to your receivers being able to catch the ball because you've seen Mason Taylor drop quite a few passes, and then Kayshawn Booty, he just has not – this just has not been his year. I, I, don't, I don't know if his mindset is looking toward the future, but, man – Jaden Daniels is kind of give, he's given them chances, but they have really struggled. I think it's a multitude of things with Booty. You know, obviously he just had a kid. He's I think he's looking ahead to the future maybe a little bit too much. But also you got to give credit to opposing defenses. A lot of them have done a good job of you know shutting him down, knowing what LSU's game plan is trying to be, and taking him out. And what that's done is that's set up the opportunity for Malik Neighbors to have a, a pretty solid start to the season with his 22 catches for 290 yards. But Tennessee's defense, you talked about it, James, they're giving up 407 yards total per game. That's not great. No. LSU's only given up 293 to their opponents. So I'm interested to see how LSU's offense is able to attack Tennessee's defense and then at the same time vice versa can LSU's defense stand up and stop Hendon Hooker because Hendon Hooker is a very impressive quarterback for Tennessee so so far on the year he's got nearly 1200 yards eight touchdowns zero interceptions and he's fifth in the country in QBR. So this will be the best quarterback that LSU has faced thus far. Uh, so definitely interested to see you know, how they handle that. Guys like Jay Ward, guys like Micah Baskerville, Ali Gay, couple others. You know, are they prepared to take down a, a high-powered Tennessee offense? Uh, definitely something to, to keep an eye on. 
before tomorrow's game. Once again, 11 o'clock right here on the game, pregame at 9 tomorrow from Baton Rouge. Looking at the poll question again, 82.4% now say LSU versus Tennessee, 5.9% say Saints versus Seahawks, and 11.8% are saying other. The Festival of Cadian Duathlon is coming up. It's time for you to warm up your dancing legs for the official run and duathlon of Festival of Cadian et Creole. Race through Lafayette's historic district and end up at Girard Park for the festival on Sunday, October 16th. Compete in the 5K, 10K, or run paddle run in the duathlon. Taking part in the event helps support local parks, community projects, and the festival that you all love. Volunteer or register at latrail.org. That's latrail.org. Take a time out. Brian Rice of the Sports Animal in Knoxville joins us next here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to talk about good old Rocky Top. Brian Rice of 99.1 The Sports Animal joins us for a preview of LSU and Tennessee tomorrow from Tigers Stadium. Brian, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? Hey, doing very well. Glad to be with you. So looking at it, you know, a 4-0 start to the year for the Vols, scoring nearly 50 points per game. You know, just give me your overall thoughts on the start to the season. Well, I think when you looked at the schedule and when you looked at what Tennessee had coming back, you could see a path to 4-0. But with everything that's happened in the Tennessee program over the last, really, 15 years, there was some trepidation in picking that. You know, when we went through our game-by-game on our show, I did have Tennessee 4-0 at this point in the year. But the caveat to that was you were playing what effectively at the time looked like a 50-50 game with Pittsburgh. Um, and they had some injury issues during that game, but that ends up being an overtime game. And then I, I thought Tennessee was better than Florida. That said, I think Florida's better than I anticipated they would be this year. So the fact that Tennessee was able to get out to a 17-point lead late in that game, obviously let Florida in a little bit late late in that game, um, was a little concerning. But ultimately, you get the win there. Then I think the off week came at a great time. Ideally, you'd like for the off week to be a few weeks later in the season. But I think this came at a good time because Tennessee was able to take a step back, get healthy, and and just kind of reset where they were and and find out where they need to work better. The defense is obviously must improve or, or else this team is not going to achieve the goals that now seem to be getting loftier uh, considering the start. You know, Hendon Hooker is a top-five quarterback in the SEC. You know, what has he done this season you know, obviously he's he's fantastic at taking care of the football. He's only thrown ten interceptions in his career in Knoxville. You know, what has he done this season in particular that's been so special? I, I think he has been willing to take more risks with the football, but while still protecting it, still has not thrown an interception uh, to this point this season. Um, that could change tomorrow, but but I think the thing that he does the best is he just brings a calm demeanor to the huddle. And he's a guy who, uh, he's not a bad practice player, but he looks better in games 
than he does in practice. I think when Joe Milton won the job in the preseason last year, it was it was one of those things where everybody agreed. Everybody that watched any part of practice said, "Yeah, that's that's it." And then this preseason, it was well, you know, Hinton Hooker's had some had some issues in preseason. He's thrown it to the to the other team a few times, but man, when the lights come on, he shifts to a different level. And even against Florida, he got a little banged up as that game went on, a little bit in the shoulder. He was limping around a little bit as well. Never reported any lower body injury, but they had to change what he could do. He wasn't really available to to go on designed runs in the second half of that game. And he was able to adjust what he did to where no matter what Florida threw at him, he wasn't limited by that injury. He wasn't limited by what he could do. And he's just, he's a heady player. He gets his team in the right situation. He pulls down and runs the ball when it's the right time. He rarely makes a mistake on when to pull the ball. And I think that's, that's a great attribute in today's game where it seems like a lot of quarterbacks maybe pull it down a little too often uh, for a coach or an offensive coordinator's liking. You know, looking at the backfield, Jabari Small, Jalen Wright have both, you know, contributed. Jalen Wright being the rushing leader at this point in the season. You know, just talk about both of those backs and what they provide the Volunteers offense. You know, Jabari Small is probably the best back, but he spent much of the last two years um, dealing with nagging injuries. He missed most of last year um, with a with a shoulder injury, and then has been banged up a little bit through the first four games this year. But ultimately, uh, when his number was called against Florida, uh, he was able to go out there and perform. They're very similar types of players. Their body styles are not uh, terribly different. Um, their running styles are similar. I think Jabari Small is a little more of a powerful runner. Jalen Wright's a little shiftier. But all in all, you would rate them about the same. Uh, but they're very good complements to each other because you don't have to change the play calling when one is in over the other. Well, what really impressed me about Jalen Wright, and this this may seem silly, but it was in the Akron game. Um, Jabari Small not didn't get a ton of carries, was dealing with uh, with being a little banged up. So Jalen Wright shoulders the load. Then Dylan Sampson, a freshman, who has been very impressive in preseason camp and in his limited action, he goes down with an ankle injury uh, in that game, and Jalen Wright has to kind of tighten things back up and come back out on the field because you didn't have a whole lot behind him that you felt comfortable with. I was There are not many players that once you've taken them out of the game and said, all right, you're, you're done for the day, really have it to come back in. And, and so he impressed me with that. But he had uh, two fumbles in the first two games and really took that personally that, that he wasn't going to be responsible for the uh, for the football going over to the other side, so those two guys provide a great one-two punch. I'll be interested to see if uh, Samson is able to to be full go on Saturday as well, giving Tennessee a third option, and it's a talented third option as well. Uh, Cedric Tillman, obviously the the talk of the Tennessee wide receiver group. I mean, just a, a talented young man had over a thousand yards last year. Dealing with a nagging injury so far this year, had surgery a couple weeks ago. Uh, Josh Heupel said earlier today that it is a game-time decision on whether or not Tillman will make his season debut tomorrow. Uh, do you think that he plays? I don't. I think when when he left the Akron game with the ankle injury, um, being a high ankle sprain, even without the procedure, I, I'm always thinking four weeks. So I was always thinking no Florida um, no, certainly during the off week in extended action, and then likely not at LSU. Here, here's the thing with an ankle, whether it's a regular ankle sprain or a high ankle sprain like he has, you know, one hit, one twist, and you're back to ground zero. Tennessee needs him. 
uh, down the stretch. And, and I'm not saying that you want to sacrifice the LSU game or that you know you feel confident that you don't need your best receiver to, to beat LSU. But I, I think when you look at the, the course of the season, they have to make the best decision where if he's 75%, you leave him on the sideline tomorrow um, because you don't want him to go back to zero. He's a guy with, with NFL prospects and, and his production through the first two and a half games of the season uh, makes you feel like those are very real. He's starting to creep up some of those wide receiver boards. You don't want to take that from him. And, and so if that means that he's back on the field at closer to 90% for Alabama next week, I think that's probably the best thing to do. I just I don't expect him to play. I, I think if you're anytime you're talking about a player, particularly at a at a position where you where cuts and stop and go is as much a part of game as it is at wide receiver, especially for somebody like him. If there's any question, um, you, you leave him on the sideline and you say, "Let's tee it up next week." Brian Rice of the Sports Animal joining us here on Crunch Time. You know, Brian, the downside of the Vols is their passing defense. Uh, given, mm-hmm. given up a lot of yards through the air so far this year. You know, LSU has a, a strong receiving core, although they might not have shown it against Auburn. But, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're a talented passing offense, and uh, that could create an interesting matchup tomorrow. It does. Uh, Tennessee has been without uh, the last couple of weeks the services of Warren Burrell. Uh, I think, you know, and, and he was much blind by Tennessee fans for, for some passes given up against Purdue in the Music City Bowl last year, and then a couple of big gains against him in the first couple of games this year before he was injured against Pittsburgh. But that's still an experienced guy in the defensive backfield that's not out there and, and doesn't have the ability to help you get set. Uh, they, Tennessee does get D. Williams back for tomorrow's game. He's a junior college transfer, somebody that the coaches were very, very excited about uh, throughout fall camp, somebody who, who drew a lot of praise and, and praise specifically for, for on a player-by-player basis is fairly rare uh, from Josh Heupel. He's, he's very complimentary of his team as a whole, but when he singles somebody out, it's kind of a sign to, to us in the local media that this is somebody you really should watch out for because he doesn't do it very often. And he's, he's said that about D. Williams and in talking about him being a part of the game plan this weekend has said that you know he's somebody to watch. I, I don't expect him to come in and be – Tennessee's best corner, or him even to, to be some sort of game changer in the defensive backfield, because there's a lot of work that has to be done there. Um, but it will help to get another talented player uh, back there tomorrow. But this is this is what Tennessee has to improve on. Last year it was third down defense. This year it's it's straight up pass defense. You have to be better. You have to pressure quarterbacks a little better. I think the number given up in the Florida game was a little bit of a misnomer because they played heavy zone in that game. Worried about Anthony Richardson with the way he runs. Certainly, they're facing a mobile quarterback tomorrow, but I think the game plan may favor the run, the defensive backs a little more than maybe it did against Florida. You know, let's talk about Josh Heupel. You know, having a great start to his his time in Knoxville, seven and six last year, uh, which was probably to be expected. Uh, with with a first year head coach, and then like we said, off to a four and zero start this year with guys like Hendon Hooker and, and Cedric Tillman. You know, just give me your thoughts on, on Josh Heupel and, and what do you like about the way he's run the program. I, I tell you, the first thing that sticks out to me is that he's a real human being, and that is incredibly rare when you're talking head coaches of college football and really college programs. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. Last year. 
Um, before he ever coached a game at Tennessee, he came into our station to record some of his uh, some of the promos for the Ball Network sponsors. And he stopped, and, and it was during our show, and he stopped in the hallway to talk to Eric Ainge, former Tennessee quarterback, who's my co-host, and I. And with most coaches that come through there, even people that we know well, they may stop and say hi, but they're you know they're off to the next thing. And and Josh Heupel wanted to stop and have a conversation, and actually had to be pulled on to his next thing. Tennessee fans needed somebody who was real. They needed somebody who who spoke to them like adults, because the last few coaches that have been here have not done that. And and I think that shows with how his football team has embraced him. When when Josh Heupel came in, he inherited a group of players, the ones that stayed, that desperately needed something good to happen to them, desperately needed to have some fun. And he recognized that, and he coached that way. And he's he's loved on them, and he's helped them come along. And, and I think Cedric Tillman's a great example of that. Cedric Tillman was a guy when, when Josh Heupel got here. He was somebody who came in fairly highly touted and had done nothing. Um, Hendon Hooker was a guy at Virginia Tech. Comes in here as one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. Um, there, there are numerous other guys on this roster that had not done a lot before Josh Heupel got here. He instilled a little bit of confidence. He showed them a path to have success. And then they had some success. You mentioned the record last year. That record comes with the caveat of this team felt like they should have beaten Pittsburgh here, they should have beaten Ole Miss here, and they should have beaten Purdue in the Music City Bowl. Now, ifs and buts are candy and nuts, y'all have a Merry Christmas, but that gives this team confidence that, hey, we may have been a seven-win team last year. We should have been a nine- or ten-win team. So why can't we be that this year? And, and that confidence was infectious in that building, and I think you're seeing that payoff now. There's no game that this team feels like they can't go win, and that hasn't been the case for years. And, and Josh Heifel is directly responsible for that with the way he coaches and the way he interacts with these guys off the field. I think it's showing on the recruiting trail as well with some of the connections he's making there. Lastly, Brian, top 25 matchup, one of the toughest stadiums in America, uh, 11 a.m. kickoff here in Louisiana. Give me some X factors to, to this game tomorrow. I, I think the, the thing that Tennessee has to do is protect the football. Um, LSU, as, as I'm sure you know, leads the SEC in takeaways this year. Um, obviously, Hendon Hooker very good in protecting the football. The running backs and the receivers need to be participants in that as well. That's that's my first key. Um, the second is if Tennessee can jump out early. It, LSU has faced a 13-point deficit in all three games against a Power 5 opponent. But their opponents have not been able to score after that. Florida State scored seven points the rest of the game after taking a 13-point lead. Mississippi State scored three points the rest of the game after taking a 13-point lead. Auburn led by 17 last week, didn't score another point. I think Tennessee's offense will not be shut out after taking a lead. So get that lead and build on it. If LSU is going to give you an opportunity, you have to take it because this is a good enough football team that, that Tennessee will face tomorrow to, to beat them in every facet. I think some fans have underestimated what LSU is. I don't think anybody in Tennessee's football building has underestimated what LSU is and what they can be tomorrow. Um, and then the X factor when I look at Tennessee defensively is how healthy is Jaden Daniels for LSU? If he is not fully healthy, if he can't run the football the way he normally does, then that's a, a huge mark in Tennessee's favor. If he is near 100% able to finish out the game, I think that's a huge mark in LSU's favor. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. 
I look for a lot of offense from both of these teams tomorrow. Uh, should be a fun one. Um, and, and I have Tennessee winning, but I, I could see this game really go either way. This is the first true coin flip, I think, on Tennessee's schedule this year. Brian Rice of 99-1, the sports animal in Knoxville, Tennessee, joining us for a preview of the Vols. Brian, really appreciate you taking the time, man. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Glad, glad to do it. Enjoy the game tomorrow. And there he goes, Brian Rice of 99-1, the sports animal in Knoxville, Tennessee. Take a time out. We'll wrap up hour number one after this right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Had a rough day at work. Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time. We only got about four minutes left before we end the first hour. We haven't really hit too much on the Saints yet, but, I mean, with Andy Dalton coming back as the starter with James Winston out and then Michael Thomas being out, I'm curious to see how this offense goes this week. I mean, you have the Seahawks now where the team itself, it's not great, but, I mean, they've had some solid wins so far, so this one's going to be a formidable matchup. Yeah, you know, one, one thing that I really like about this matchup is Seattle's linebackers have taken a hit over the last couple of years. You know, you used to have Bruce Irvin and Bobby Wagner and, you know, just absolute studs in the middle and K.J. Wagner and a couple others. You don't have those guys anymore. I still like Jordan Brooks as a as a playmaker, though, yeah, at linebacker. He's, I mean, he's, he's solid. But he, he is solid, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him that. He is but, he is no Bobby Wagner. Though. Right, right. That that's kind of my point. So I want I want to see the Saints attack the screen game with Alvin Kamara. That's what I want to see. That would be nice. I mean, if the reports are true and that Alvin Kamara is feeling like his old self, I want to see him play that way. I want to see them attack the screen game. I want to see him get twenty touches a game, and. Let's make something happen. Because, again, like I said earlier, if you start the season one and four, how often do teams come back from one and four? Not very. No, not very many. And that's another thing is Alvin Kamara, since his career started, he just seems to have a knack for having huge games against Seattle, whether they're in Seattle or whether in New Orleans. He absolutely does. He absolutely does. I mean, look at the one whenever it was Teddy Bridgewater in in Seattle. Dude had like 10 catches for a lot of yards. He had a couple of touchdowns, including a screen. And then in then for last year, he had a really big game, and he had like 10 catches again for 130, 140 yards. He did have the lone Saints touchdown where Jameis – fumbled the ball on the snap but picked it up quickly threw it out to the dump off route to Alvin Kamara and somehow Alvin was just wide open that's what I don't get sometimes how do you just leave Alvin so wide open yeah I've never understood that either uh he's he's just an absolute playmaker how do you how do you not account for him but anyways one quick baseball statistic before we end our number one going into today's game the St. Louis Cardinals were 93 and 0 in their in their franchise history 
when leading by two plus runs going into the ninth. They gave up six runs in the ninth, and they lost six to three. That's a big old yikes. That's a big old Raymond Parsons third. Woof. Woof. That's rough. By the way, Mariners leading the Blue Jays four to nothing in the bottom of the sixth. Ooh. In that one. So we'll keep an eye on the rest of Major League Baseball. The Astros return to action on Tuesday in game one of the ALDS. They'll play the winner of the Mariners and Blue Jays. Games one and two will take place in Houston. Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two, we kick it off with Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company. We're going to get his takes on the Thursday night football game last night, as well as his picks on the weekend. James and I will make our picks, and then we'll get you on your way. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. More coming up after this top-of-the-hour sports update. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of a Friday fun show is rocking and rolling here on the game, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. It's time for Jake's takes with our guy Jake Crane, host of Crane and Company. Jake, what's going on, bud? How are you? Man, I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all doing? Uh, doing absolutely lovely on a Friday in southwest Louisiana. I love that. All right, man. So Thursday night football game last night was absolutely terrible. Yeah, you know, I, I think we all got a little bit worse last night. You, you know, it's, it's kind of like on uh, the movie Billy Madison when they're at the end in that big competition and – uh, they asked, he asked the, uh, Billy the question, and he answers it with the story of the puppy that lost his way. Right. Uh, that he learned in, like, kindergarten. I mean, we all got dumber last night. Nobody got better. But the main problem is the offensive line with both teams. And, you know, the Broncos, it's surprising because they have some young guys, Logan Risner and, and some uh, some guys up front that you feel good about. that They're not top tier, but they're also not the worst. But then you look at the Colts, one of the highest-paid offensive lines in the NFL, uh, Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, you go down the list, they were expected to really contend because of that offensive line. So, uh, yeah, last night, no touchdowns. Nobody got in the rectangle of justice. So, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a snoozer. Yeah, to message to the Colts and Broncos, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Business ethics? <laughs> so, question, you know, Naeem Hines went down with a concussion last night, and obviously we, we, we've seen what happened with Tua, and there's been a couple other you know situations here in the NFL. It seems to me like concussions might be on a rise early on in the season. Now, my, my question is this. I have a theory in my head that the Guardian caps that they wore during the offseason in both college and the NFL may have aided that increase. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, uh, at the end of the day, it, it is what it is. Uh, there's a lot of power in it. Um, now, I, I agree with you. Now, you know, it's, uh, another question that I have is, what the hell is going on with the Warriors? Uh, well, I mean, you know, we've seen Draymond do a lot of stuff. 
the fact that he sucker punched Jordan Poole really doesn't surprise me. Uh, look, he's a great defensive player. I, I believe the Warriors are, are first in defense with him, but they're also like top 10 or, or 12th or 13th without him. So there always seems to be he's, – he's like Kevin Durant but plays defense. You know, just causes problems in the locker room all the time. Uh, but he actually plays defense, and, and Durant's more of an offensive player. But went from that to tripping people to accidentally kicking guys in the groin. Uh, I mean, Draymond Green is, is Dennis Rodman, but a worse rebounder. That's fair. That's, that's actually very accurate. That, uh, that's impressive. All right. Thir- appreciate that. 13 games on the, on the list Ooh. to pick. We're going to start with one tonight, Houston and Memphis. You know, Houston's not off to the season that, that many people thought they would be. Memphis just kind of keeps that train rolling. Uh, can Houston go to Memphis and get the upset? Man, I mean, Houston's been more disappointing than Michael Jordan's kid. Um, you know, I, Clayton Toon uh, was big on them coming coming into the year. Them in Fresno State, you know, and I know Jake Hayner's been in and out of the lineup for Fresno State, so that's really hurt them, but – uh, I like Memphis to win this game. Uh, I, I like a money line. I think it's going to be close. To be honest with you, you know, part of me really likes the over. Uh, Memphis and, and Seth Hennigan and, and what they've been kind of able to do through the passing game. They're one of the best passing offenses in the country. Uh, and, and then, you know, Houston does have the athletes. We do know that. So uh, I like Memphis. Battle of unbeatens in Kansas. How about the Horned Frogs <laughs> and Rock Chalk? Man, yeah, if you'd have told me this had been the biggest game in the Big 12 when it's the Red River shootout uh, to push on the first boat to Shutter Island and, you know, hoped it worked out. Um, I, I really want to pick Kansas here. They've covered for me. They've been a money-making machine. Uh, I bought them up to plus 7.5. I think they're at 6.5 right now. Give me TCU by a field goal. I think it's going to be a heck of a game, though. All right, let's go to a couple and actually, let's stay in the Big Twelve before we get to the SEC. Let's go. To, let's talk about that Red River Shootout, Texas and Oklahoma. I should say between me and you, put a lot of money on Texas. Uh, I, I don't think Dylan Gabriel is going to play. That was really Oklahoma's only chance. They haven't been struggling on offense nearly as bad as they have on defense. They don't have a ton of team speed in the secondary or, or at the linebacker position. Uh, that's why it seemed like everybody who played for TCU was running the 100 meters for the U.S. US Olympic team. Uh, I like Texas. Quinn Ewers coming back. Uh, I think that defense is going to play fast and physical again the way it did against Alabama. Uh, give me Texas by two touchdowns. How many bottles of Bijan's Dijon mustard think, do you think get sold tomorrow? Probably, probably a ton, but I, I just don't understand. Like, there's a few things with NIL I don't understand. How is there not a honey Bijan uh, sauce? And then how is Five Guys not sponsoring the best offensive line in the country? Yeah, like right. Five Guys. I mean, come on, guys, figure Speak, it out. Right speaking, guard. I, I don't get it. Speaking of good deals, how about Reese's signing oh, an man, NIL a deal with anybody deal. with the last name Reese? Oh, it's it's a fantastic deal. Um, anytime you can be sponsored by a, a quality product that puts peanut butter and chocolate together, I mean, it's sometimes you got to hit hit the pedal to the floor and scream America. <laughs> Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Yeah, I like Oklahoma State here. The only chance the Big Twelve has is if Oklahoma State goes undefeated. Uh, Texas Tech, though, with Donovan Smith, Coach McGuire's done a good job over there. They obviously beat Texas at their place. I just think Oklahoma State's a little more physical, and, and Spencer Sanders will find a way. All right, let's go to the SEC. Arkansas, Mississippi State. K.J. Jefferson still kind of iffy to play with that concussion. Mississippi State has just been torching people through the air. Who you got? 
yeah, it's it's not a good situation for Arkansas. You played two physical games, two games you lost. You're struggling in the secondary. You're really beat up. Jordan Catalan's out. Slusher's been in and out. You lost uh, uh, another one of your DB, uh, another one of your corners a couple weeks ago. I mean, hell, they're playing with me out there right now. Uh, Will Rogers, Mississippi State may end up being the third best team in the SEC when it's all said and done. Uh, while I don't think it's going to going to be as big as a, a gap as there was against A and uh, I do like Mississippi State in this game. Uh, and it's just been a tough stretch for Arkansas. I like Mississippi State by a touchdown or less. All right, the two games on CBS tomorrow. Let's start with Auburn and Georgia. Uh, you, your boys on the plains. I mean, just not having a good year. And, and Georgia might be a little angry after their performance against Mizzou last week. Oh, it's going to be an absolute murder. I mean, if you're if you're under 10 years old, you probably shouldn't be able to watch what's going to happen on Saturday. Uh, give me Georgia. I, I think they cover the 30. I don't think you'd be crazy to buy it down to 29 and a half. But uh, I just don't see a way other than, you know, Auburn uh, – finding the ring from Lord of the Rings or are running into Albus Dumbledore that they have any way to be in this game. And then I'm curious, I'm really curious about this one, how, how you feel, but with Bama and A&M. <sighs> you know, I know Bryce's day-to-day. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out a way that A&M consistently moves the ball. I, I just, I, especially with Anaya Smith being out, I mean, they have no vertical threat. Uh, all Alabama's going to do is stop the run. Max Johnson's out now, so Haynes King's going to be in there panicking for four quarters. Uh, there's no telling how many times the ball is going to hit the ground. Then on the other side, uh, I know Jalen Milrow isn't Bryce Young. He does add a big-time running element. Uh, I'm very interested to see how Bill O'Brien calls plays if it is. Uh, Milrow, just because you know the, the kitchen's really open when it comes down to RPO stuff and, and being able to get him on the move. I just think Texas A&M will be a little sturdy early. But they realize, just like we do, that offensively they're not very good. So I think you'll see the damn break about halfway through the second quarter uh, and Bam will start walking them. Jake Crane of Crane & Company joining us here for Jake's Takes. Mizzou-Florida is an interesting matchup to me. Uh, two you know, middle-of-the-road SEC programs. And the last time these two coaches coached against each other was the 2020 Sunbelt Championship game. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the we made it. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I just <laughs> with drink, it's got to be tough right now. The way they lost at Auburn was absolutely brutal, absolutely brutal. Uh, and then you play a good game against Georgia, but I, I just don't see a way in which they can contain Anthony Richardson for four quarters. I think you'll see Richardson run a little bit more. Napier continues to do that. I'm not betting on that game. It's a weird number. I think it's ten and a half. Uh, but I, but uh, you know, I hope for drink's sake that he starts catching a couple breaks because it's been pretty tough. And then you know the matchup that that we're super excited for at 11 a.m. tomorrow, the, the Fighting Tigers of LSU and the Tennessee Volunteers. You know, Hendon Hooker's having a great year. I don't think he's played a defense like LSU yet. And then on the other side, Tennessee's defense, especially their secondary, giving up a lot of passing yards through the air. And I think Jaden Daniels can exploit that. Who you got? Man, this game is weird to try and project. I, I think it's the game that could have the, the could be on the spectrum the most for finishes, if that makes sense. A lot, a lot of different things can happen. I think the most amount of different things can happen in this game. You know, LSU's athletic enough in the secondary because when Tennessee starts rolling, typically you're getting a lot of base stuff when they don't sub. It's going to come down to whether LSU can tackle in space because Tennessee's whole goal is to get that first first down. 
if they're able to get Tennessee in second eight a decent amount of times and, and they're, they're in third and five or more and you're getting three and out, three and out, three and out, that puts that Tennessee defense out on the field for a long time. And you've seen Josh kind of slow down a little bit at the beginning of this year. That's what the SEC does to you. Uh, but LSU cannot let Tennessee get up the way other teams have gotten up on them because that falls right into what Tennessee wants to do. Uh, they're going to end up dropping 38. 41, 45, something like that, if they get up the way that Auburn got up on LSU and things like that, because Auburn just, you know, can't adjust at all. Uh, then you look on, on, you know, Tennessee from a defensive standpoint, if I'm LSU on offense, Jane Daniels got to let it fly a little bit, man. I, I know you got no interceptions, but you're not getting a return on your investment because you're not taking any chances. Brian Kelly even mentioned that. But to me, with Jaden Daniels, it's not as much about him staying in the pocket. All right, I'm, I'm on my third read. It's the post. I'm going to launch it. It's when he gets outside of the pocket and the play breaks down, he needs to keep his eyes down the field. He's one of the few that gets his eyes in the running mode because you got guys like Boutte, you got guys like Neighbors, you got guys that can run, and when that play breaks down, ought to be when Jaden Daniels is the most dangerous. So if they're able to do that, give me LSU by four. Quickly looking at the NFL, how do you feel about Saints versus Seahawks? Uh, well, I can tell you how I feel about the Saints. That's a different story. Uh, bring Lamar home. Um, let me uh, – the Seahawks, I know with Geno Smith, they absolutely blew the light bulbs out of the scoreboard. Uh, I do think the Saints find a way, though. Give me the Saints. Bengals-Ravens. Man, the Ravens in the second half got to figure it out. They keep falling apart. Uh, the Bengals' offensive line, I think, cost them in the end. Even though Joe Burrow's trying to get the ball out quicker, he checked it down more than I've ever seen him last game. Give me the Ravens. Chiefs Raiders? Give me the Chiefs. Um, I, I, I love what they've done with the offensive line. I know the Raiders just got their first win, but the AFC West struggling early in the year. Who would have thought that? And lastly, Cowboys Rams. Hashtag rush hour comes to an end here. Uh, congrats, you're home. I like the Rams. Didn't play very well against the 49ers. But, hey, what's new? For some reason, Jimmy G owns the Rams. Uh, I'll take Matt Stafford and, and, you know, the witch that is Cooper Cub. Jimmy Garoppolo did come from Planet Krypton, don't you know? Yeah, he did. I mean, he. The thing with Jimmy G is, is I, you know, I, I just don't trust the guys that love Subway that much. <laughs> Jake Crane of Crane and Company joining us for Jake's takes. Jake, appreciate you each and every week, bud. All right, guys, appreciate it. There he goes, Jake Crane. Take a timeout. When we come back, Jake and James and I, Jake and I, James and I. We'll make our NCAA picks, and then after that, our NFL picks. We'll do it next, right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. That was a great segment. Jake's Takes with Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company, back here on Crunch Time, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. And it is time to look at the slate of massive college football games on this weekend's schedule. I mean, I had to nitpick which ones we were actually going to talk about because of the amount of just great games on the schedule for this weekend. One really good one tonight, James, 
and it is the Houston Cougars going up against Memphis. Memphis, a two and a half point favorite at home. Houston's two and three on the year, not quite having the start to the year. Many people thought that they would. Uh, Memphis, I mean, Memphis just keeps the train rolling. Who wins this one? For me, uh, I, I, it's interesting because right now the line is has Memphis at minus two and a half. Even though you usually get the plus, you get the minus three as a home favorite, generally. But to me, I really like what Hennigan's been doing for Memphis. I mean, over tw- almost thirteen hundred yards. He's completing a whole bunch of passes. A lot of great touchdowns. Houston's got the skill players. They they've been looking really good. But for me. I'm going to have to take Memphis in this one. Yeah, I'm taking Memphis as well. You know, their offense is rolling high. Uh, the over-under set at 57.5. Um, I think Memphis just makes one one more play than, than Houston does. Uh, it's going to be a close one, no question about it, but I think Memphis gets it done. All right, let's go to Saturday. Uh, we'll start with a battle of unbeatens in Lawrence, Kansas. Number 17, TCU. Number 19, Kansas. It's a TCU minus six and a half with the over-under set at 69. Uh, Max Duggan has had a great year for TCU. Can the Jayhawks keep this magical run going? Until they lose, I'm going to have to go with Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I mean, they're at home. To me, they've been having a magical season thus far. I just, to me, until until they lose, until they lose... You have to stick with the hot hand. I think the train stops here. You think the train stops? Yeah. You know, I, I like what Kansas is doing. I like what Lance Leopold is doing. But TCU, that air raid offense, you know, the the way – well, not really an air raid offense, but the way that they they do a good job of moving the ball down the field through the, through the air and on the ground, I just – I think it's going to be a little too much for Kansas to handle. I hope I'm wrong. I want Kansas to win. But if I'm a betting man, I'm going TCU on this one. It's understandable. Um, Arkansas, Mississippi State. It's interesting. Mississippi State, nine-point favorite at home. Will Rogers is lighting the world on fire. 1,700 yards through five games. He also has 19 touchdowns to go along with that yards number. But this is where it's going to get interesting, James. You got the leading passer in the SEC in Will Rogers. And then on the other side for Arkansas, you got the best running back in the conference in Raheem Sanders. 609 yards on the season already. Ah, Which team wants it more? And personally, I know Mississippi State's a nine-point favorite. Give me the Razorbacks. You're taking the Razorbacks straight up win? They've got a good defense, man. That's fair. I mean, is but is K.J. Jefferson... Like, is he good to go? Uh, I haven't heard that he's not. I mean, that, that's that's fair. Uh, to me, though, I'm going to have to go with the Bulldogs here. I know, I know he was battling a, a little bit of an injury, but I haven't, heard, I haven't heard that they ruled him out. Yeah, I would presume he would still play, but I do wonder if that injury can affect his game and ultimately affect how the Razorbacks play as a team. Yeah, he got a concussion last week against Alabama. but uh, Yeah, and with what we've seen the last few weeks, yeah, I, uh, mean, I think that is a cause for concern. Oh, it, it 100% is. Concussion is not something to mess with. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Auburn, Georgia. I'm taking Georgia. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Easy. That's an easy one. And the whole world's going to see it. 
oh man, Georgia's not happy with the way that they played out against Missouri. They're at home, national SEC primetime. Auburn's getting beat up. That that's an easy one. Red River Shootout, Texas, Oklahoma. This game, this game's always fun. And right now, you look at the, you look at, you know, the way the game is shaken out. Texas is an eight-point favorite. Some have them as nine on the road. Yeah, some I've I've seen a couple of eight and a half, nine. the the Red River The Red River Shootout is always. You know, it's always a close game. They're playing it at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, B. John Robinson having a good year. Dylan Gabriel's having a good year for Oklahoma, and he is going to play uh, on Saturday coming back from that injury. You know, this this is a toss-up for me. I think I'm staying away from this one. But if I had to pick who I'd like to see win, I'd, I'd like to see Texas get the win in this one. I'm going to take Oklahoma. I don't know. I'm just I'm getting that feeling. I I know Texas is heavily favored, but to me, both teams always get hyped up for this hey. game and it's going to be a lot closer than the than the spread says it, it will be. If Dylan Gabriel's still nicked up and can't go, you can always go to Dylan, uh, General Booty. That is fair. You can always go to General Booty. Um, let's see. What's the next one on our list? How about Utah UCLA? Cam Rising having a big year for the Utes. Dorian Thompson-Robinson having a big year as well for UCLA. Another top 25 matchup. Utah has their one loss to Florida to open the season. They're on a four-game winning streak since then. Utah three and a half on the road. That's interesting. It is very interesting. I, I don't I don't necessarily like that line. I'm going to ultimately take the Utes in this one, though. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the Utes solely on their defense. Their defense has only given up 14 points per game this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so solely on their defense. I think they do just enough. Because Dorian Thompson-Robinson is one of those guys, you don't stop him. You, you just try to contain him. You just want to contain him. And that's exactly what they're going to do. You're not going to stop Dorian Thompson-Robinson, but you will contain him to where he isn't as much as a factor, and I think Utah wins this one. Uh, Washington State-USC, that one's pretty easy for me. Give me the Trojans. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to take USC in this Link, one as Lincoln well. Lincoln Riley. I mean, you, you can never bet against a Lincoln Riley coach team. South Carolina, Kentucky. Kentucky having a decent year. South Carolina hanging around as well with Spencer Rattler as their quarterback. I'm taking the Gamecocks in this one. I like Shane Beamer's high-powered offense. You know, you look at it, they're, they're sitting at a – Kentucky's a six-point favorite. Three of those points are going to them because they're at home. You know, I, again – I'm I'm sticking with my guns. I'm going with the Gamecocks. I'm I'm gonna go with Kentucky on this one. I don't know. I I'm not too hyped up on South Carolina right now. So you know, we we bring you our our, our picks each and every week, and you know, we give you the lines, we give you the spreads, and we tell you where we think you should go. And now that sports betting is legal in Louisiana, if you want to take our advice and throw down some picks, you can do it with BetUS. Your favorite sports book, BetUS.com, back for its 28th year of NFL action with the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%. BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. 
Also, hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest European slots and live dealers waiting for you at the tables. Because here's the thing. You need a sportsbook with integrity. You need a sportsbook with longevity. And you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sportsbook that offers everything from live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. All you got to do is call today, 1-800-79-BET-US. That's 1-800-79-BET-US, and they will walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than BetUS. If you join now and mention KLWB, you can get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Head to BetUS.com to join today. BetUS, where the games begin. All right, James. Alabama, Texas A&M. Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher. (laughs) Bama's a 24-point favorite at home. Did they change it? Last I saw it was 24. I thought it was – I could have sworn – I thought it was 27. I would or no, you – Yeah, it's 24. You, you thought they were going to win by like 27, yeah. 28. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's where I thought I heard that. Because well, what it is is the line on BetUS is minus 30. Ah. Uh, and – or it was yesterday. And and so I said that A&M wouldn't cover that. Or A&M would cover that, plus 30. Yeah. Now it's a little more interesting. I – I think it's. I Bama, think that, I think they. I think they cover it. Bama wins. Bama straight up I wins. Know, I don't know Easy. If they cover. Yeah, I, I think Texas A and M. I think Jimbo. He's got to. He's got to get his team going because yep. they're talking about him and talk, talking about his job security. Yep. No. No doubt about it. So you got to at least try and make this close. And lastly, eleven a.m. Tiger Stadium. You can hear right here on the game, Tennessee and LSU. Oh. There's a lot of history in this rivalry. Mm-hmm. Last time Tennessee was in LS was in Baton Rouge, things got crazy. Will they get crazy again? Tennessee's a three-point favorite, but they give up the most passing yards in the SEC. Which that's exactly what Jane Daniels and the LSU Tigers need to get me, back after after Jaden only threw for 80 passing yards against Auburn. Give me the Tigers. Ooh. Give me the Tigers. This is a tough one because I feel like brain says Tennessee, heart says LSU. What's your gut telling you? Uh, Gut says whatever their lower number says, you got to go with. So. You're taking Tennessee? Yeah. uh, Yeah, you're taking Tennessee. You're taking Tennessee. I don't want to do it, but. I'll take Tennessee. You're taking Tennessee. That's fine. I'm, I'm going to root for an upset. Yeah, dude, that would be a big one. That'd be a big win for Brian Kelly if they get that done tomorrow. I'm a, I'm a root for a, I'm a root for a big upset, but I'll I'll do what my brain says and take Tennessee. Oh man, the Sweet Dough Pie Festival is coming back and serving up a slice of history and deliciousness. Ooh. Every year, pastry chefs and home cooks vie to be crowned best in the Sweet Dough Pie Contest, where the public is the judge. And, of course, a large variety of pies are available for purchase. The Sweet Dough Pie Festival returns Saturday, October 29th from 9 to 3 p.m. at Grand Coteau Town Park in Grand Coteau. For more information, call 337-331-6352 or visit the Town of Grand Coteau's Facebook page. Take a time out. When we return, we'll pick our NFL games of the weekend. We'll do that next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Alexa and the game make a great team. 
Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. Can the Saints finally get a W on the schedule? God, I hope so. James hopes so, too. He spent a lot of money on that ticket. Uh, we don't need to talk about all that now. <laughs> <laughs> Back here on Crunch Time, Matt Miguez, James Mesh, picking our NFL games. Let's start with one that really jumped off the page at me. Let's look at the Cowboys and Rams. Ooh, we're starting a little different. Okay, yeah, let's, let's get to that, that one then. That's, that's America's Game of the Week. It is. It's a 3 o'clock game. The Cowboys, you know, they, they got a little bit of quarterback controversy going on. Not really, but... You know, Cooper Rush playing, he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's playing good football. I was going to say, what what is he doing, though? He's getting dubs. He's doing just enough to get the job done, and that's all they asked him to do. So he's doing exactly what he was asked to do. The Rams struggling, to put it lightly. Uh, Their offense couldn't get in the end zone the other night against the Niners. I think their offense has a bounce-back game. However, can their secondary stop C.D. Lamb? That's the question because Cooper Rush and C.D. Lamb, you've seen it already. They've got a good chemistry going. He finds them, and he finds them often. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys as well, but I'm going because that also, same thing with that Rams line at five. Yeah, that line's bad. I feel like that needs to be... Like right at three. Yeah, that it, line's bad. F- five, five seems like a lot. Five, five is five is a lot. That St- Stafford's still gonna get his twenty throws to Cooper Cup. Like that, there's no worry about that. But they'll actually get in the end zone, and at some point, Tyler Higby's got to score. The man has not scored yet, and yet he's a top five fa- tight end in fantasy. Yeah, I want to make note of that. Yeah, he he's due. What did what did I say? What did I say Monday night? On Monday's show, I, we talked about the the Monday night game, and I said, Debo is due for a touchdown. Yep. What did he do? He scored. Got a big one. So guess what? I'm going to speak it into existence. Do it again. Tyler Higby is due for a touchdown. Oh, I'm starting him this week. He's due for a touchdown. I and, and you used to call me the kiss of death. Good God. All right. Hey, one, blind horse finds water every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> Sunday night game in Baltimore. The we are Bengals. bouncing around right now. And the Ravens. This one's exciting. I swear if this game becomes underwhelming, because a lot of games so far the season have. Uh-uh. Feels like feels like any Lions game has been super exciting. Yeah, oh yeah. Like the Lions play- have been fun to watch. Like that's the only game that you feel like you can take the over on for points. They have been very fun to watch. With this one though. Ooh. It, get, it it really gets interesting the more you think about it because the Bengals, they're starting to get on a roll. They've won two yep. in a row. While you look at the Ravens, they lost a heartbreaker at home. That's another thing. The Ravens have lost, I think, either eight or nine in a row at home. Yeah. Their fans haven't been treated to a win in a long time. That's really intriguing. And I know all of 2021, the Bengals, Joe... Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they had the, the Ravens number. The Bengals. Oh, man. Give me Burrow. Give me Burrow. Bought a pack of cards the other day, pulled a Jamar Chase rookie card. That's a sign. I'm feeling it. Give me the Bengals. 
you only, you got me. I'm taking Joe. I'm taking the me, I'm taking the Bengals. Eagles Cardinals. Do the Eagles stay undefeated on the road in Phoenix? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna take the Cardinals. Oh! I'm gonna go out on a limb. Kyler took the week off a of cod. Yeah, playing he, well. He said, "I got enough XP. I'm good." Oh! I'm taking the Eagles. I mean, I'm taking the Eagles. I, Eagles, man, they they have been so good. But to me. Arizona, if they want to give themselves a chance. Devontae Smith was crying about how cold it was in Philly. He's coming back to the warm weather. Give me the Eagles. Devontae Smith has a big game. That's, I just, I I feel it. Niners, Panthers, can they both lose? Is question number one. I'm going to just say this right now. Give me the 49ers. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. McCaffrey would have to run for 200. For Baker Mayfield actually has to be a competent quarterback. Oh, God, I'm so glad we didn't get him. <laughs> and there were people calling for his name to come to New Orleans. Texans, Jags. Give me the Jags. Duval! Sunshine for the win. Oh. You got to have a bounce back. Christian Kirk, man. Oh, he, he got nine targets, only caught two, maybe three of them. Like, he... And that and that I believe that was in bad conditions last. If it wasn't yeah, because because he was they were playing the play of Philly. If it wasn't for Damian Pierce, the Texans would be even worse. Oh yeah, I I don't understand how you could be worse. They're the only winless team in the NFL. I had hope for Davis Mills. Oh God, that's can't, bad. Can't do that again. I'm bad. Going, you gotta go with you gotta go with Jacksonville. Falcons, Bucks, in Tampa, Bucks. Ooh, I'm going Falcons. I don't. You know what's interesting? We were seeing the line at... The line's 10. Yeah, I was going to say, the the line was 9 before. And I was taking the Falcons, but the fact that it's jumped... I think the fact that you're getting your receivers back... Tom well, is, Tom, Tom's got his divorce going. He can solely focus on football now. And actually, actually I'm going to change my pick, because I just remembered Cordero Patterson's out. They yep. ruled out Kyle Pitts this morning. Yep. Oh, yeah. Give me Tampa. Yep, it's Give over. Give me Tampa. Dolphins-Jets... Zach Wilson already making phone calls to Giselle. Two was not playing, as he shouldn't be. Um, Things get interesting. Give me New York. Who's Miami's backup quarterback? Do we even know? Bridgewater. Oh, Teddy Two Gloves. That's right. That's right. Um, Give me the Jets. I'm taking the Jets as well. Give me the Jets. At home, give me the Jets. I think they're riding high. Do the Lions get a win over (laughs) the... Bailey Zappy led Patriots. If they don't win, I don't know what to say. Ugh. They'll definitely, to me, I think they'll definitely cover the spread, even though it's New England at minus three. Love me some Bailey Zappy. I'm taking Detroit. Love me some Bailey Zappy. I don't. I believe Amon Ra and Swift are not going to play again. Well, Amon Ra did practice today. He practiced there's, today. So there, okay, so there is there is so a, there's there's a, a solid, chance. There is a solid chance. Yeah, there's, I don't think, there's a chance. But I don't think Swift's. Playing I don't up. think he's gonna play now. Um, I'm still gonna take. I'm still gonna take Detroit because I like Jamal Williams and he, I think he's good, serviceable backup. Bears, Vikings, Vikings by a million. <laughs> yeah, by it, a million. It, I I don't agree with the million part. Well, and obviously that's a, well, well, yeah, but I'm also saying. I'm saying in the fact that you're taking them for a big blowout. I think it'll be closer than you anticipate because, to me, 
the Vikings, they've had to get two narrow wins the last two weeks to become three and one. That's so true. that's true. I'm almost hesitant to be like, ooh, maybe Chicago just upsets mm-hmm. them. Nope. I'm gonna take the Vikings, but it's gonna be a lot closer than people will think. I'll say that. Chargers Browns. They're both bad. They're they're both middle of the pack. Yeah, they're both bad. I'm gonna take Nick Chubb though. Nick Chubb, man. Nick Chubb though. Number one fantasy running back. I'm taking the Browns. Yeah, this one's in Cleveland, and Jacoby Brissett's been pretty serviceable, yep. and I think Miles Garrett's going to be coming back. I'm taking the Browns. I'm taking Cleveland. Steelers Bills. Does Kenny Pickett just have a coming out party? I, I think he does. I don't think Buffalo wins by 14 like the spread says, but I'm taking Buffalo. Kenny Pickett plays well, but the Bills win. Yeah. Kenny Pickett plays well, but the Bills win. 8.30, once again, from Tottenham Stadium. How about the Giants and the Packers? Battle of three and one teams. You ready for this, James? Give me Danny Dimes. Oh! Give me Danny Dimes. Oh, I'm doing it. I was going to say, and he he was ruled to, like, not play, but then as the week got along, they were like, he's practicing. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be able to get his beauty sleep. His his old man beer going to come out. He gonna be angry. Giants win. I'm taking Green Bay. Ooh, all right, all right. I'll take Green Bay in this one. Monday night game. How about the Raiders and Chiefs? Oh boy, Chiefs. It's in Kansas City. Yep. Mahomes and Kelsey are killing it. And it's and it's a prime time game, so and they all they pretty much always show up. And it's the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. Their defense been, isn't great. Raiders defense. Raiders as a whole team. Well, is, yeah, but really their defense hasn't been great. I was gonna, but I was gonna say the team overall is kind of underperformed. And then our boys, Saints Seahawks. Saints are a five and a half point favorite. That's who it. who set that crap? Oh, that is that is such bait. Give me the Seahawks spread, but oh. Saints money line. I'm doing it. You got to get a win. You need it. I'm pressing the panic button. Uh, Like right now? Seahawks win. Oh. Seahawks win. Oh. Rashad Penny has a good game. Geno Smith continues to do what he's been doing. Give me the black and gold. Obviously, I want the Saints to win. Of course. I just, I don't know. I don't know. If they win, I'll feel a lot better about this team than I do right now. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I will feel a lot better if they're two and three compared to one and four. Kamara's probably going to play, which we need him. Yeah, we you need him, no question about it. The game clubhouse one zero three seven thegame dot com one zero four one thegame dot com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes like a one hundred and fifty dollars gift certificate to Mister Lester Steakhouse in Cyber's Bayou, or a fifty dollars gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or even a twenty five dollars gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse one zero three seven thegame dot com or one zero four one thegame dot com. It's free. It's simple. Go sign up today. Take a time out. Wrap up today's show after this right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. 
Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Wrapping up here on a Friday. Crunch Time right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Looking at the high school football games that are going to be broadcasted on our family of stations tonight. How about STM hosting North Vermilion right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette. STM got a big win last week over Denham Springs, put them back on the right track. Coach Jim Hightower's got his team rolling. I mean, North Vermilion, I think they're on the up, but they're not there yet. So big win for STM tonight is what I'm what I'm predicting. And then in 104-1 in Lake Charles, how about Barb at Sulphur? The crosstown rivalry, if you will. Uh, that'll be a good game that you can hear on 104-1 Lake Charles with our guy Scott Holtzman. The Katiana Reckon Rams will be at Sam Houston tonight. Uh, pre-game 6.30, kickoff at 7 on 97.7 MeTV FM. Karen Crow on Z1059, they will be at Lafayette High, which plays their home games this season at LCA. Pre-game at 6.45, and kickoff for that one is at 7. Mustang 107.1 will have the Southside Sharks at Como. Pre-game 6.45, kickoff 7. And then the Vermilion Parish Game of the Week on 106.3 Radio Lafayette, Franklin at Delcom. And then lastly, the St. Landry Parish game of the week, Opelousas Catholic at Westminster Christian. James, before we wrap up today's show, question number one, what are you looking forward to most out of this weekend? I'm looking forward to how we talked about in the previous segment since I'm going to be going to the game myself, seeing the Saints. That's what I'm most excited for. I'm trying. I've been trying all day, my friend and I to see if we could go to the LSU game tomorrow. But to me, that's also going to be an effort since we all know I'm not a morning person. (laughs) So me having to wake up and then drive over an hour because, let's be honest, game day, it's going to be early. It's going to be tough. So, Oh, if if you want to try and beat traffic, you're going to have to get there like 8 a.m. I was going to say, we're going to have to get up and travel at 7, and that's going to be terrible. You're not doing that. Yeah. So that's going to be tough. I would like to go, but... Percentage-wise, not looking very high. Yeah, and then since the game sold out, tickets are kind of, uh, resale tickets are kind of expensive. Yeah, a little tough, a little tough. So tomorrow at 11 is what I'm looking forward to because, so moved into a new house. I haven't mounted my second TV yet. So I am going to have two TVs going in my living room tomorrow. One of them is going to be on LSU in Tennessee. One of them is going to be on TCU in Kansas. And Matt's <laughs> going to have a good afternoon. Oh yeah. So um, you're going to have so you have two TVs in your in your living room this weekend. I will because I haven't mounted the second one yet in the bedroom. Oh okay okay I got. So you. I have I'll have two TVs in the living room this weekend. Oh my god. Uh, the wife is not happy about it, but <laughs> it's okay. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, James, real quickly, uh, preview your. Games prep report coming up next. Yep. So for the prep report pregame show, we're going to kind of go over what happened last week, kind of let you know where the standings are for each of the divisions of high school football. And then I'm going to have on Mr. Scott Holdsman, the color commentator for Barb. We have him on in the first segment pretty much every 
every Friday for the pregame show. So we'll have him on. And then for the second segment, it's going to be you to start off. Yeah, I'll and talk to you while I'm driving to uh, Tacoma. Tacoma. And then I'll have on Mr. Craig Wall to finish off the show. Fantastic. What a lineup. What a lineup. I want to thank Brian Rice for 99.1 The Sports Animal in Knoxville, as well as Jake Crane for joining us today. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe. Be well. Give a hug to your mom and them. Have a hell of a weekend with great football on tap, and we'll recap it all on Monday. Same time, same station. Right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.